Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's great to be back on once again with you today. Minnesota Vikings did complete a uh, pretty close call victory in Chicago. So the Vikings finally win in Chicago for the first time since 2007. Rookie year of Adrian Peterson when he had quite an amazing... um, Adrian Peterson had quite an amazing effort in that game. It was uh, quite awesome indeed. We were all getting very excited at the time. It was back in his in, in his he's loose days, and he's been kind of bringing that back this year, which is pretty cool. Maybe it's his final season with this team. Hard to say, but sometimes strange things like that happen. It's like two covers of a book or so. That was the opening side. This might be the closing side. Who knows? But he's he's closing pretty good if that is the case. Nice victory for the Vikings today, a 23-20, to 20, almost like, yeah, 23-20 to 20 victory. As I predicted, the Vikings would be 5-2. and two. I predicted a little bit better game, particularly by Teddy Bridgewater. I did figure Adrian Peterson would cross the century mark. I was right about that. But as for Teddy Bridgewater opening things up, well, yeah, you know. Well, come on now. He tried. He tried. He tried very hard. <laughs> and don't we all try hard to uh, be successful at what we do on a daily basis? Yeah, we we try to, particularly if we get paid well to to do that uh, to do that job. But um, it just eh, you know, it just it's just one of those things. Chicago's defense did a pretty good job, and John Fox is a pretty good defensive coach. It's just, mm, and it was a divisional game. It was a black and blue game. I might might as well call this podcast old school because in a lot of ways it was. It was a very close game between the two division rivals. Adrian Peterson, well, he got over 100 yards against uh, the Bears. It was kind of old-school Adrian, you could say. He didn't have a he's loose today. His long of the day was 12, but um, 5.2 a carry. That's very Terrell Davis-like performance by Adrian Peterson, and very, very cool to see. It was old-school. It was very black-and-blue division. Um, lots of, again, like defense back and forth. Not uh, There were some turnovers. The Bears didn't turn the ball over or anything, but Bridgewater had an interception late in the game, which uh, scared us just a little bit. So that's basically what this was, old school. Just kind of was what it was. So let's kind of hop into it as we go. Slow start for both offenses, or at least not really. <laughs> not really, I shouldn't even say that. The Vikings offense really started awfully slow, to be quite honest. And I mean really, really slow. The Bears' offense was adequate, decent throughout the game. Jay Cutler was adequate. He's having a decent season. And like I was saying, he had been sacked only eight times uh, throughout the season. He was only sacked once today. The Bears' offensive line did a fairly good job. In fact, they did a very good job. The Vikings' pass rush, not quite what it was in Detroit. And Cutler was able to have a 94.4 quarterback rating for 211 yards, and he completed... Well, two-thirds of his passes, 22 completions out of 33 attempts. Bridgewater only 17 of 30, good for 57% or so, 187 yards, one touchdown, one interception, a little uh, little Carson Palmer, Matthew Stafford type statistical line. Nothing to do with comparing them because they're not really quite the same at all, which is probably a good thing. Carson Palmer, I, I've always liked him, but okay, well, getting <laughs> sidetracked a little bit. Um, the Bears kicker had been perfect all season. All season, and he was able to, uh, well, until much later, but <laughs> he was perfect all season, and he was able to net a 55-yard field goal, 
only four minutes into the game after the Chicago Bears offense did enough to get them into, well, Robbie Gold's field goal percent, field goal range, and he, he nailed it, 3 nothing. In the Vikings offense, Bears, uh, Bears offense, it was just kind of punt central back and forth. The Vikings would get maybe one first down, and that would be it. The Bears would get a first down or two, and the Vikings defense would make a stop or incomplete passes here and there. That's just kind of the story of this, uh, of this matchup, particularly today. Old school black and blue division. Or purple and navy blue, I guess. Close enough. Those are those are the colors of bruises, I would say. <laughs> but um, after the Vikings did get the Chicago Bears to punt again, they got a nice little stop late in the first quarter. Marcus Sherrills rushes, or, well, rushes, returns the kick 65 yards after a 45-yard punt, by the way. 65-yard return, so the Vikings do get on the board for the first time in the game. The offense couldn't generate anything, so at least we were able to get the lead with the special team. So that's a good deal with that. And the Bears' offense struggled for quite a while until <clears throat> later. <laughs> yeah, later. It struggled for a little while until later. But ultimately, uh, Jay Cutler... Excuse me. No, we'll stop with that. Uh, Blair Walsh, after another Vikings offense was stalled, was able to get a 43-yarder. A lot of us worried, oh boy, he's going to miss, and it's right down the middle. I mean, all right. Wind or, or no wind or whatever the situation was. <laughs> Because there's always gusts and, and, and all that in Chicago. It's constantly going on. Didn't look like the windiest day to me out there. But there's always something. There's always going to be some type of swirl. It's, it's always there. Even though you might not notice it as much. It's just always there, right? <laughs> and Blair Walsh was able to nail his 43-yarder. Definitely, he's definitely on a nice run right now, is Blair Walsh. Really uh, <laughs> netting a consecutive field goal. He's, he's on a streak. He missed an extra point not too long ago. But he was able to, <laughs> but he's been able to make his field goals, and this game was outside. So very impressive for Blair Walsh ultimately. Then Teddy Bridgewater near the end of the first half throws an interception, gives the Bears good field position. That's great. And then Shea Cutler ended up completing a drive to Elshon Jeffrey for 25, 21 yards to pay dirt, as we like to say. <laughs> ultimately, that uh, well. It's the classic momentum changer that always seems to happen late in the first half. Doesn't that always seem to happen in every game you watch? Always something happens. It's either maybe you're, maybe a team's up ten nothing, and then like say yeah they're up ten to nothing in one case, and maybe the other team is finally driving. Here we go. They finally got it going, and then they throw a pick six. Like when they're 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 at the. They're at like the uh, the they're at the red zone. All they're all the way up to the red zone, and then they throw an 85 yard or 95 yard pick six or something, going the other direction, something like that. And then it's 17 nothing, and that brings momentum in the second half for a blowout game. Or in this case, the Vikings had a 10 to three lead. They're looking okay despite the fact their offense has been sputtering. Only could muster a field goal in the whole first half and a special teams touchdown. And then and then. Teddy Bridgewater throws an interception, gives the Bears solid field, uh, solid uh, field position, potential field goal range, but no, the Bears wanted more, and they ended up tying the game, and that's the kind of momentum setter, and it gave the Bears a hell of a lot of confidence, and after that, it kind of looked like the Vikings were going to lose this game for quite a while, honestly, at least, yeah, for quite a while, especially late in the, about five minutes left in the fourth quarter, as I slightly get ahead of myself. Third quarter, though, the Bears didn't really carry the momentum like you'd expect them to. They kept stopping the Vikings on defense, and they, they'd threat here and there a little bit. But that third quarter, it's kind of a blur. I mean, it's like I barely remembered it was so, you know. I mean, 
There were certain plays here and there that were good, but ultimately they all amounted to a whole lot of nothing other than the fact that the Bears did, literally midway through the third quarter, did have a pretty nice drive going that looked like we were dead meat, but the Vikings caught a huge stop there. Thank God they were lucky to get the stop. And then Robbie Gold would nail nail a 33-yard field goal to make it 13-10, to and the Bears would get their first lead since four minutes into the game. <laughs> yep, the Bears were back ahead again. Oh, goody, isn't that great? So a 10-point turnaround for the Chicago Bears that took a while, took a whole quarter to accomplish, but hey, a lead's a lead, man, and that's quite unfortunate. Vikings luckily were able to at least get decent field position <laughs> after an after a okay return. Eventually got a 48-yard field goal from Blair Walsh, and it just continues back and forth. And then the Vikings really started to sputter the defense. It went from, and this was when everybody was talking about how great the Vikings' defense is, and the announcers, and I completely agree with how it's the Vikings just continued to attack anytime the Bears had hand the ball off to either <clears throat> to either Matt Forte or Jeremy Langford, who had to take over with with Forte's injury. Unfortunately for him, Jeremy Langford was okay. He was he was he was all right. I mean, he was solid, consistent. He got about forty six yards and twelve rushes. It's about four a carry, three point eight. Forte was 4.1, but yeah, basically no huge plays for the running games, but the the passing games were, well, they got interesting. <laughs> they got very interesting ultimately in this one and, uh, on both sides of the ball. And Alshon Jeffrey was just doggone fantastic the whole day, and he was definitely the top receiver, and he made some big plays and 28-yarders and such, and that was during this drive that got the Bears rolling down the field, man. I mean, they just started rolling. The Vikings defense started to started to really suck. It went from how, yeah, the Vikings defensive players are faster than everybody else. And I agree with that, with the announcers today. I do. Um, people always talk mean about them, but is <laughs> that Chris Myers and, of course, uh, Rondé Barber. And it was Rondé Barber that was talking about how the Vikings defense were very, uh, they're, they're just quicker than everybody else. They're always there. They're there, and they make every tackle. They just make tackles. And they do make tackles, yes. But... <laughs> Unfortunately, though, Chicago Bears were catching Chicago Bears receivers were catching the ball down the field when Cutler started to get a little confidence and started to get them them rolling. I mean, they were ready to get a victory and get back in the the playoff hunt, not the playoff picture, the playoff hunt. The Vikings are in the playoff picture at five and two, but if the Bears won, they'd be three and four. They're in the hunt. We all know what the hunt is. You're still alive. You're staying alive. Ha ha, staying alive and good, another little two game win streak or something, and you're right back in the mix, like literally. Um, especially if you beat the division rival that's ahead of you, that you need to catch, namely the Minnesota Vikings, the team that would need to probably miss the playoffs for the Bears to make it, barring some other strange circumstances. Um, But, uh, yeah, the Vikings' defense, it just, Xavier Rhodes continues to frustrate me. He does, and he got beat on that touchdown that that ended the drive. It was about, uh, how many yards? This actually was the 20, you know? Yeah, actually, there was the it was the Alshon Jeffrey play earlier, but ultimately, yeah, it was the Alshon Jeffrey play, the twenty-eight yard completion down the field. It wasn't a touchdown, but he got beat, and it was frustrating. And a lot of us were just mm, a lot of us couldn't believe it. It was like, oh boy, this uh, Xavier Rose is just he's he's just yeah, he's been playing hurt and such. He's been battling injuries most of the season, and that's frustrating. But at the same time, I mean. 
my goodness, make some stops here. I mean, it seemed like he's always getting, he's always the one getting beat whenever there's a big play. For, you know, obviously quarterback to receiver. There's always, there's always like a big play down the field, particularly on the sidelines, you know, out, out wide, you know, out, out of the flat, not in the flat anymore, obviously, <laughs> on the sidelines. He's always getting beat on those of late, and he got beat again. Uh, had me scared to death. It really looked like the Vikings were going to lose this game. I mean, it really did. I, I was pretty much convinced the Vikings were going to lose the game, and it's the same old story. Yeah, we can call it old school this or that, but it's the same old story. Chicago Bears always find a way to win. Usually a big passing play. It always is. Like Jay Cutler to, um, oh my God. Well, there was Mushin Muhammad for a long time. That was frustrating. Ah, oh, what, what, oh God. I, I know <laughs> the guy that was, out, he ended up coming to the Vikings like a year or two later. Um, he had a 150 yard game. Oh my God, <laughs> that's a name I don't have in front of me, and oh boy, it's just one of those deals where it was unbelievable. 150 yard game, 20 uh, 2009. There's always plays like that. Somebody has a big game, big passing play down the field, and the Vikings lose the game ultimately down the stretch. But Teddy Bridgewater, as inaccurate as he was, I mean, it was one overthrow after another. There was a play earlier in that fourth quarter. Mike Wallace had a touchdown easily. It was it would have been about a 50-60 yard touchdown, wide open, perfectly ahead of the player. It was a nice lead pass, you could say, where obviously only Mike Wallace could get it. But unfortunately, now nah, Mike Wallace would have had to have been about mm, ten foot three to catch it because it was way overthrown, and that's quite unfortunate. <sighs> it is what it is, right? Um, Mike Wallace dropped some gimmies today, and it drove me crazy. But that play was definitely on Bridgewater, and there was some underthrows, overthrows, underthrows, overthrows, inaccurate. You could see him kind of slumping over, just like, ugh, the old, the old deal where I just cannot get this done today. What the hell? It was really frustrating. But as ugly as Bridgewater was, even on this particular drive, the Vikings got the job done right after the Cutler and the Bears were able to take a 20-13 to 13 lead. Of course, making the extra point, why am I even mentioning that? Um, but there were multiple plays in this uh, drive. Um, Adrian Peterson was able to run a couple times, about eight, eight, nine yards. That got us confident, feeling better, and Bridgewater started completing passes. But ultimately, it was the play to Stefan Diggs, a name that you didn't hear him as much. Uh, Jarius Wright had recently made a catch, and it was nice. Feel, it was a nice feeling. Made us feel great. Jarius Wright had a little eight-yarder. It felt like twenty-yarder, but it was only eight. <laughs> That's kind of funny when you think about that. But then it was a pass, maybe about 18 yards, 15 yards to Stefan Diggs, who then made a man miss, and then he made another guy miss, and he just kept going, and he went all the way down the sidelines and just tiptoed into the end zone, just barely, as he was getting pushed out for a 40-yarder. So basically about 20-yard 20 20-yard or 15-yard catch and about mm, 25 yak, 25 yards after catch. That's about what that was ultimately. It helped Bridgewater's numbers in a big way. It's kind of saved him from possibly being the uh, <laughs> from possibly being the Christian Potter Memorial uh, Award winner. But boy, it uh, put Stefan Diggs in the Stefan Diggs in the Fran Tarkington conversation. Mm. Ultimately, a fantastic uh, fantastic play. Stefan Diggs, a guy who again the Bears were defending very well early for quite a while, but ultimately he he made he made his he made his name known. 
people thought that Stefan Diggs had eclipsed the 100-yard mark, but he not quite. He just not quite. <laughs> he wound up with 95 yards, only six receptions out of 12 targets. Again, partially Teddy Bridgewater's, or mostly Teddy Bridgewater's inaccuracy today, which could drive you absolutely up the wall. Uh, Mike Wallace was targeted four times in this game, and no catches. No catches. I need to get a cricket sound effect, because that would be perfect right there, because that's how many catches he had. Of course, one of them could have been, you know, 60-yard touchdown. Would have been the, it would have been a Culpepper to Moss type of play. It, it was definitely headed that way, but it was overthrown, as Culpepper often did as well on occasion. <laughs> Mike Wallace had his, his defender beat pretty badly. It was really doggone it. I mean, talk, talk about a missed opportunity. Like a lot of people are saying, this game should be a blowout right now in favor of the Vikings. And sure, but it's a divisional game. It's a mess, an absolute mess. Vikings then make a nice stop after that. And, of course, down the stretch, the Vikings, uh, yeah, again, made, like I said, they, they made a stop, a good enough stop, and then Robbie Gold misses a, a 50-some-yard attempt. It was fantastic. The Vikings had one more shot at it with about 49 seconds left. Bridgewater and the Vikings didn't disappoint, ultimately, with Charles Johnson. Just like I said, how Stefan Diggs reminded us that he's he's here, baby. You know, And not that he wasn't the best receiver on the field anyway, but he reminded us he's by far the best receiver for the Vikings, ultimately with the play he made. But then a guy named Charles Johnson reminded us he's still here and made a spectacular jump ball type of catch. 35-yard play, put the Vikings in field goal range, and there it was. It was just like 2007 when Ryan Longwell kicked a 50-some-yard field goal to send the Vikings to their, well, most recent victory in Soldier Field. But this time it was only about 36 yards for Blair Walsh, who nailed it. There was no doubt about it. He, he had it, and it was fantastic. And Blair Walsh continues his, his hot streak. And the Vikings can hopefully start a hot streak in Soldier Field. As now we're 5-2, and two, and looking good. Vikings are going to gonna finish in second place at the very minimum in this division. Hopefully the Denver Broncos take care of business over Green Bay. <laughs> we'll be talking about that a bit in segment number two. We'll we'll just see what happens with the whole, you know, it's, it's kind of almost like an NFL roundup, even though it's more of an NFC North roundup per se. Yeah, boy, go Detroit. They look great. Just great. Detroit looks fantastic, don't they? Mm. Oh, boy. Mm. But, yeah, and then it's, it's kind of like an NFL roundup as you bounce around some fascinating scores today. I'm staring at one that I can't believe either. Uh, multiple scores that I can't believe. Just, hmm. Hmm. Well, we'll, we'll talk about them in, in a minute. Huh. Wow, another one. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't know why I'm even talking about it. I'm driving you crazy with that right now. We'll get to that in segment number two. Ultimately, I. it was kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs game, wasn't it? Where Teddy Bridgewater looked, well, you know, the, the bridge haters out there, the Teddy Bridgewater haters out there are going to are going to have a field day with with the game with with today's game just like they did with the Kansas City game but ultimately if you hate Teddy Bridgewater and you think he's not a future you know starting quarterback in this league which he already is but i mean he's not a legitimate starting quarterback and he's not going to keep getting better and better I, I don't know i don't really know what to say to you i mean Teddy Bridgewater is at minimum good enough for this team He's good enough for this team. You got a nice running game. Even if uh, Jarek McKinnon, who almost broke loose for a touchdown, by the way, even if Jarek McKinnon ends up being the starting running back in the next two or three years, something like that, or somebody out of the draft, or God knows, it would have to be out of the draft. You rarely make any type of fascinating trade. But um, but yeah, this is a lot like the Kansas City game. 
Not not a whole lot of sacks, though, unfortunately. Uh, Daniil Hunter, the rookie, was able to get a sack, and that was nice to see. I believe it's second of the year, and that's good to know. <laughs> Fantastic. Kendricks was unbelievable once again, and he missed some time in this one with the injury as well. Everson Griffin came back from his uh, injuries and sickness and all that. He was uh, overall pretty damn good in the game, without a doubt. One of the top tacklers in the game because the Bears were running the ball a lot. It was almost like a committee because of, well, ultimately Matt Forte's injury. But, um, yeah, very similar to the Kansas City game. Just messy, sloppy. You're wondering, are are we going to blow this game? Just like like the Kansas City one. Are we going to blow this? But then the Vikings got serious. And then Stefan Diggs emerged and the Vikings won the game. Just like today. I mean, it's very similar, ultimately. Sloppy overall game. But solid defense, though. A defense that wasn't as good. At certain points. At certain points, the defense wasn't that good, but at least they kept the Bears out of the end zone <laughs> late in that fourth quarter because it looked like they were going to get it done and they are going to win that game after the Vikings had, had tied it up. Captain Munderland continues to look awfully good out there. Sandejo gets beat, but he wasn't that bad. Rhodes was, well, he made tackles and all that, but he, uh, well, <laughs> he got beat. And he got beat at least on a touchdown, that's for sure. And it was frustrating to watch. Terrence Newman was downright fantastic at times. And he did get beat at times as well. He's an, he's an older guy, 36, 37 years old. He led the team in tackles. That's good and bad, obviously, because, well, Chicago receiver, mostly Elshon Jeffrey, had to catch the ball in order for Terrence Newman to make those tackles, a la similar to uh, Xavier Rhodes and such. Um... There it is. I mean, ultimately, a black and blue division game for the Minnesota Vikings. Kind of like 94, kind of like 92, 93, 85, whatever. No, not quite like 85. Eh, no, let's, let's stay away from 85 there. That's that's Chicago immortality right there. But 87, 88, 89, you know, kind of similar to those. Sometimes they were higher scoring, sometimes they weren't. It just is what it is. And particularly in Chicago, if the Vikings actually won the game, it's probably going to be a lower scoring game because... The Bears at home would probably, if they're going to beat the Vikings, would probably score more points than 20 or 21, 28, whatever, 23. Um, I still remember the Vikings in 94, though, racking up 44 points in Chicago. It, it was just something of, just, it was unbelievable. And, and to imagine how the Vikings got that done, and then they came home and won a thriller at home in the Dome. Very close game against the Bears. And then... And then the playoff game happened, and Steve Walsh, I still don't even know who that is, right? <laughs> right, Steve Walsh rolls in here. Just looks like, just looks unbelievable. Steve Young, Joe Montana, whatever you want to say. Just looked like Dan Marino against the Vikings. Top defense. They had the best rushing rush defense in all of football. And actually, it was the number one ranked defense in football in 93 and 94. And it looked like horse and bleep against the uh, Chicago Bears in the Metrodome in a home playoff game. That, and it just, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the old, you can't beat the same team three times. And, well, that, that's a pretty fine example right there. Big time. So, shall we pass out the Friend Tarkenton Award and the Christian Ponder Memorial? Yeah, I think we need to. Friend Tarkenton Award is going to go to two people, two men. Terrence Newman, yeah. Terrence Newman, who was pretty damn good out there overall, got beat, but that's why he gets a tie. And then Stefan Diggs again. Stefan Diggs again is going to get a Fran Tarkington award, but he's going to share it with Terrence Newman. So we've printed up or <clears throat> we've we've uh, molded or, or whatever. No, printed up. We've printed up two copies of the Fran Tarkington award. So 
don't worry guys, we're not going to just make one and have to rip it in half and give it to you. It's, it doesn't cost too much to make a friend Tarkin an award. In fact, it's free. <clears throat> but you get the idea. <laughs> Christian Ponder Memorial. Uh, I got to give it to Xavier Rhodes. He's just... Mm. Step it up, young man. Step it up. He, he's, he is not the same guy this year. And it, there's always somebody like that. They look, there's a nice, hotshot rookie, rookie in the slash prospect. Second year, third year. First year, second year, and all that. And then the third year, or whatever. Whatever year it is after that, when it looks like they're really ready to emerge and be one of the top players in the division, if not the NFL, at their position. And they're just not quite as good. They're just not as good. He has moments here and there. And he can certainly tackle. Oh yeah, he can definitely tackle. But the guy has to catch the ball in order for you to make the tackle. It's nice that you're making the tackle. Thank you for that. But still, again, the guy made an 18-yard catch or a 22-yard catch, or in some cases, you weren't able to make the tackle because once he caught the ball, it was Paydirt. And there you go. Yeah, so there you go. There's your Christian Pond Memorial, Xavier Rhodes. Urban legend is... I don't know. <laughs> it's like... An urban legend overall, I guess you could kind of almost give it to Blair Walsh with his streakiness. I mean, what an awful streak he started with, and now he looks downright fantastic again. Ultimately, also, it's almost like, it's kind of like, it's you, you could give it to so many different things. There really isn't a, there really isn't a clear-cut uh, urban legend for this week, ultimately, other than the black and blue division, I suppose, the way things just kind of go the way they do. I mean, a team can look so awful against this team, and then they look way the hell better again the next week. It, it's strange. I, I, I can't really explain it. It just is what it is. It's the old division rivalries. They, they come out to play regardless what the record is, regardless what the circumstance is, who's, who's the starting quarterback even sometimes. But luckily for both teams, the starters weren't in there. Enough of the ramble. I apologize. I think I've drugged this out a little bit longer than I needed to with just, mm, well, <laughs> with random stuff there. So that's the end of segment number one. And we'll be back for segment number two. It's going to be NFC North Roundup, NFL Roundup, all that good stuff. We'll be back right after this. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, NFL slash NFC North roundup segment, and all that good stuff. And of course, we're, we'll be previewing the St. Louis Rams game. I might want to mention that too. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is wrong with me in 
the first segment. I, I apologize. I don't know what the hell is wrong with me, but you're going to have to bear with me on that one, right? <laughs> it just is what it is, eh? Eh? Yeah, no hockey tonight. There's going to be World Series baseball, though. That's starting up right about now. And yeah, go Royals, baby. Go Royals. They're almost there. Go Royals. Yep, some of you that know me on Facebook, that's my logo right now. So that's my, uh, uh, that would be my uh, profile picture. Ooh, right? And you're free to add me, those of you out there that may be in the Facebook group. And I don't bite. You can add me on Facebook. I'm not one of those, you know, uh, we'll just say maybe they're 30 and under uh, radio hosts in this town. They won't, like, they'll they'll maybe add you and then they'll delete you the next day. It's like, what 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 the hell is that? I don't know. I mean, guys like Judd Zolgad, maybe they're 40 and stuff. They're, they're so cool. They'll add you. They'd even interact with you. Like a Paul Charchin, he's interacted with me before. So... Whatever. I, I don't understand some of the younger guys. And I know, I know, I sound like a freaking hater at the young guys. And I don't mean to be. There's just certain aspects about something. I, I don't know if it's smartphones or what it is. But I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too philosophical here. <laughs> smartphones are convenient, but there's more to life than smartphones. That might be a uh, news flash to some people out there. I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. You can acknowledge somebody that isn't on your Facebook page or your... Uh, yeah, <laughs> or on your text list. You can acknowledge, maybe nod, smile at somebody once in a while. I, I'd appreciate people that do that, you know. It's just a good thing. Okay, enough. What the hell? I apologize. You're probably like one-star rating. What the hell's wrong with this guy? <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Hmm, okay, well, the NFL is an absolute freaking mess, isn't it? Our opponent next week will be the St. Louis Rams, and they put a whooping on the San Francisco 49ers, and we're going to have to get to that later because... It's, uh, well, yeah, we wrap up this segment with that. Arizona whooped on Cleveland. Cleveland continues to suffer, and that's too bad, but at least Arizona took care of business. They took advantage of the situation. I don't know what Atlanta is doing, losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But right there, that's further proof that divisional games, I'm telling you, it's like an even ground, man. It is like an even ground. It's like, okay, you're at home. Well, it's still a divisional game. You might be favored in that one more than you would be on the road, but it is a divisional game, and anything can happen. Your whole season can be ruined by a stupid divisional game. Like back in the day, I remember the 94 Vikings were hosting the Terry Buccaneers, and it was a game they needed to win. Or was it 95 even? It was one of those mid-90s, early to mid-90s years when I believe, yeah, Warren Moon was the quarterback at the time. It wasn't 93. It just bleeped up the whole season. Tampa Bay, terrible at the time. Terrible team. Back in their orange uniforms, but then again, they've always been orange in their own way. But the the good old classic ones with the with the buccaneer actually on the on the helmet, uh, with a knife in his mouth, um, they just came rolling into the dome and whooped the Vikings. I I don't know. It, it just ruined the whole season. And I was gonna start a new segment really soon, like old Vikings memories, stuff like that. And I may even have a comical segment too that'll be occasional called I'm gonna announce it now. I mean that I'm gonna I'm gonna get it going at one of the one of these days. It'll be on this show only. Um, most likely. Just because it seems like it would fit this show better. But <laughs> it's gonna be called George Stories. Just hilarious stories <laughs> that uh, took place with my dad at some point in the past. I mean, we're talking really funny, silly stuff. You will find it funny, trust me. I mean funny. And they'll be short. It's just going to be something to add to the show, something for you to look forward to on occasion. Uh, there's not going to be like 9,000 of them, and maybe there'll be reruns here and there. Just, that's how it goes. Um, I don't know where I'm going here. Cincinnati took care of Pittsburgh. They're 7-0. and oh. Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals are 7-0. and oh. uh-huh. 
I, I, I guess. But they better they better win a playoff game, though. They still need to do that. But they they they, they might get a bye in the AFC. I mean, geez, could be New England and and uh, and uh, Cincinnati. Patriots rolled all over the Miami Dolphins with their their new meathead coach, as they like to call him, thirty six to seven. I guess that's the end of that run, the little hot run by the Dolphins. They're going to maybe get hot and make sneak into the postseason. Patriots are seven and zero with a thirty six seven crushing of that team, Indianapolis, Carolina. That's Monday Night Football. Um, Kansas City, Detroit. We'll get back to that in three seconds. Just want to bounce around, comment about some of these. Baltimore barely hanging alive. It's San Diego. I, I feel for that team. They lose by three today uh, to Baltimore in Baltimore. I feel for that team. I I really do. Man, (laughs) I kind of feel for Baltimore, too. Talk about snakebit teams right there. Uh, Two teams that probably should be in the playoff picture in the AFC, and they're not going to make it. Uh, The game of the week, I got to say, is the shootout in, in, uh, in New Orleans. Are you ready for this statistic? And yeah, I know you've probably already seen it, but it's just it's just for those of you that maybe haven't, you know, maybe you don't pay attention outside of the Vikings. You just don't feel like it or whatever. You just you're just trying to keep up. Maybe you weren't able to watch the Vikings at all this week. Um, <laughs> in a single game that did not go to overtime, and I know it's not basketball where you can keep scoring back and forth, but a hundred, a hundred and hundred and one points were scored in the game. I can't explain it. Uh, yeah, 100 and, 101 points were scored in that game. Okay, good job. Uh, yeah, New Orleans ultimately wins the game over the New York Giants. We're talking just world record like games, passing games for uh, Eli Manning and uh, Mister the, the hated uh, Drew Brees. I don't even want to say his name anymore. I can't stand him anymore. I used to like him, and oh, it's so noble what he's doing for the city of New Orleans and all that in that situation. You know what? Good for them and all that, but... Oh, and now they're still alive. They're four and four, and the Giants are down to four and four. They're winning a not so good uh, NFC East over there, or at least they were. Six touchdown passes for Eli Manning. My goodness, three hundred and fifty yards. I thought it'd be more than that, but I suppose their running game did something. But I mean, I guess their defense did something too. <laughs> Drew Brees, though, forty of fifty. I mean, that's the player. That's the NFL player of the week. I gotta say, without a doubt. Even with an interception, the guy's quarterback rating was still one forty point five. Because he passed for seven touchdowns in one game. Sick. 80% completion percentage. Okay, New York. I thought you had a little better defense than that. I know it's been struggling comparatively to the Super Bowl years. But, good lord. I mean, that's like the Arizona Cardinals when they made the Super Bowl. That defense was kind of like that. And especially the year after that when they got in the playoffs against the Saints. It was just, it was one of these kind of games. Like, wow. Like about 100 points. Or at least 90 points were scored in that game. Yeah, wow, that was something else. Mm, Guinness Book of World Records right there. Oakland beat the Jets. Oakland beat the Jets. Yikes, man. Hmm, Patriots seem to have... Or actually, they're beating the Jets. That game isn't even over yet. The Jets are just trying to get back in that one. Pardon me. Going to leave that alone for now. Let's just get to the St. Louis game. Let's talk preview, or actually Detroit and Kansas City. Let's get to that first. It looks like it's going to be all-day football now. Now with the whole the whole London situation, as teams are going to London frequently, and more frequently than they had in the past, I turn on the TV, you know, and yes, I know most of you knew this already, but it's like, it's just strange. You turn on the TV, 8.30 in the morning here at Central Time, and there's football, live football. Okay, and we're talking NFL football. It's not college, it's not, it's not some, some 
Division Three or something. I don't know some some totally different type of football over in Australia or something. Um, but it's live football. Uh, okay, all right. That that was interesting. <laughs> it was kind of cool to see, I guess, when you when you think about that. But at the same time, it's like, huh. All right. So you're talking about football at eight thirty all the way to maybe ten thirty-ish when the Sunday night game ends. It's a pretty busy day of football, isn't it? It's getting kind of crazy. Detroit loses 45-10. to 10. The Chiefs just roll all over that team. And the look on Matthew Stafford's face was like that. I think he wanted to kill somebody. I, I mean, what a turnaround in a negative way for that team from what they were last year. It's, it's unbelievable. And there's really not much more to say about it other than Detroit. It's just they're falling apart big time. And there's no way Jim Caldwell's going to be back. No. Uh, St. Louis Rams and Minnesota Vikings. Aren't you excited? Ooh, yeah. It's going to be an interesting matchup to say the least. Their defense is pretty damn good, and Jeff Fisher Fisher is a pretty good coach, obviously. The Vikings will be hosting that game, by the way. Aren't you excited? I mean, you hope for the best in it. Obviously, it won't be easy. It's a noon game. I'm certainly looking forward to it. Talk about a test. And the Vikings come out of this one with a victory. Boy, that would be awesome. That would be an awesome win for this team as the Rams are an awfully good team. They roll over the San Francisco 49ers today, 27-6. to 27-6, again, how the hell did we lose to the 49ers? I don't know. They, they can't score against anybody, and their defense isn't anything like it used to be. I, I, I just don't know. They really suck. I mean, they're an absolute mess. Just a disaster. Absolute joke. Mm. Nick Foles is... A decent quarterback. He was pretty decent with Saint, with uh, Philadelphia the previous week as well. He had a 102 quarterback rating today, about about 200 yards. He doesn't make that many mistakes, and that's important. His numbers aren't that good, though. I mean, he's decent. And St. Louis relies more on their defense than their offense. Overall, for the season, he's got about 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. And this is, I believe, before today's game. So it's probably yeah, about 1,300 yards and seven touchdowns. Not a bad season. Quarterback rating under 80, though, which is not that good, though. After today, I'm sure it's over 80, slightly. Because what sucks is the numbers don't update. That's the frustrating part. Todd Gurley is a damn good running back, though. I mean, it's old-school football, just like the Vikings today. A lot of running game, a lot of defense. Running back, defense. Running back, defense. Defense, running game, defense, running game. And, And then, luckily for the Vikings, the quarterback stepped it up at the end despite his inaccuracies. And Jay Cutler, well, he almost stepped up and beat the Vikings today, and he just about, he pretty much did what he needed to for the time being. Um, lots of talent on this St. Louis team. Tavon Austin, one of the big names, obviously, of the draft not that long ago. Him and uh, Mr. Nick Foles hooked up today for about 100 yards. Not bad at all. His seasonal statistics, nothing special, though. Still under two, He was under 200 yards and three touchdowns uh, so far into the season. Certainly not, I mean, to me... I don't see him as a guy that's really lived up to to the hype, ultimately, since he got in the NFL. He's he's had moments, but he's nothing like anybody thought he was going to be, I got to say. I mean, not even close. An eighth eighth overall pick by the Rams in 2013. Uh, I don't know, man. That's just, he's not living up to it at all. And, And yes, that was Cordell Patterson's rookie year, and all of us were like, wow, we got the better one here, didn't we? And I, I don't know, I guess we didn't, it doesn't, we, it's, it's hard to say ultimately. And even you look at Tavon Austin's career numbers combined, 2013, 14, 15, you look at that and you're like, 
Huh, even that would be disappointing for like a full season per se. 847, seven touchdowns. I mean, that's okay. That's like a decent okay receiver. 91 catches, that's not too bad. I mean, a lot of short catches there. Uh, he's okay. He's just a, I guess he's a poor man's Percy. I guess, you know, short catches, a couple touchdowns, not spectacular numbers overall. And then again, ultimately, Percy Harvin, because he misses so many games, his numbers never were spectacular. Never got a thousand yards. Just never. Never was that guy, for whatever reason. Devon Austin, not worthy of an eighth overall pick, but good enough, I guess. And he played well today. Hopefully the Vikings defense won't uh, allow that coming into next week. Their defense is is not bad at all, though, to be quite honest. They have all kinds of... <laughs> Robert Quinn is a name that's a lot of us are very, very familiar. TJ McDonald is a, is, is a pretty good... <laughs> is pretty good as well. Mm. Yeah, Robert Quinn. Four sacks on the season. 14th overall pick in 2011. He has made a name for himself in this league. He really, really has. He's, he, he declined after... It's kind of like a pyramid, basically. <laughs> he went from five sacks to 10, to 19, to 10 again. Now, I mean, he's at four right now. He's on pace for about 10, 11-ish. So he's kind of, he's not quite as great as he was in 2013, but still a guy I would consider a huge threat. And against the Vikings' offensive line, the way they've been struggling, I'd be a little concerned. I mean, he's a guy that, yeah, he's a guy I'd be awfully concerned about. He's definitely one of the big keys of the game. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's accuracy is, it's in question right now. And, huh, can this St. Louis Rams pass rush get to get to Teddy Bridgewater and continue to frustrate him as the, well, the Chicago Bears pass rush did frustrate him. He, he was sacked only once in the game, but he was he was under attack quite a bit today. Um, Matt Khalil, definitely under attack from the fan base again, as he's just, he did, didn't have a very good game today. And really, the overall, the offensive line struggled throughout the day. And that, that is definitely a fear going against the St. Louis Rams pass rush. It's very much alive. Robert Quinn, you don't want to see him basically double his season statistics in the game, and it's a possibility with a guy like that. Yes, again, he declined a bit, but you just don't know. You don't want him to have that magical game against a crappy defensive line. I mean, Nick Fairley, again, I mean, there's a lot of talent on this team, and obviously the coaching staff is, is very good. James Laurinaitis, yep, he's, he's, yep, he's still on those Rams. He's still a, one of the better linebackers out there. Minnesota-born, of course out of Ohio State, one of the better linebackers. He's a veteran now, of course, about pushing 30, 29, 30 years old. Just an overall good defense that's, that's been good for a couple of years. I mean, Spagnolo's been there, obviously, was in the, was there in the past. Jeff Fisher's taken over. He kind of just took the range on the, from things and continued, the, continued where Spagnolo was attempting to go and has improved on it greatly, to be quite honest. The Rams are 4-3 and three on the season. They're definitely in the playoff hunt, they're probably not going to catch Arizona, but you never know. Seattle's still a possibility. I hope that they miss the playoffs, but again, you just never know. I just hope the Rams wear those retro uniforms that they wore today. You got it like that. <laughs> Ultimately, the biggest threats for the for the Rams, obviously, are Todd Gurley, without a doubt, and that their overall defense, the Laurinaitis's and the uh, Robert Quinn's. Very, very big, uh, very big scare for me, to be quite honest. The Vikings tend to struggle against these good defenses. Luckily, they've survived against some in the past. I don't know, though. Um, if this game was in St. Louis, I'd have the, probably have the Rams winning this one. And I don't know. Uh, l- luckily, the Vikings are on a streak right now, and it seems like they're able to survive scares. And that, that's a good thing. 
The Bears' defense is definitely better than what it had been because John Fox obviously is getting that defense closer to where he would like it. It's going to take time, obviously. It, you don't just come in and it's a quick fix. It takes time. Even the Vikings' defense isn't completely where Mike Zimmer would like it either. It's only year number two under Mike Zimmer. Um, this is this team does scare me, without a doubt. This is one of those kind of teams that can roll in and you can go from six and two from a six and two record to a five and three record real quick against one of these type of teams. I'm not <laughs> I'm not super confident going into this one, but I do like the Vikings' momentum right now. I do think Teddy Bridgewater will perform better. I, he's the kind of guy who's not happy when he when he has a crappy game like he did today, and the fact that he was able to survive when playing poorly on the road in Chicago, he was able to survive and get the job done to a point that it helped us win the football game. It didn't kill us. It helped us win, ultimately. It almost killed us, but <laughs> but the Vikings did end up surviving. And again, the Vikings' defense should be able to be good enough against Nick Foles, who didn't exactly thrash a disappointing San Francisco defense. He was decent. He didn't make a whole lot of mistakes, but he certainly didn't thrash them. Gurley did. <laughs> and the Vikings' run defense is up and down at times. Generally, though, I'd say it's pretty good. I would hope the Vikings can contain Gurley, keep him under 100 rushing yards. If they can do that, they're in good position, ultimately. And, of course, frustrate Nick Foles as much as possible. What sucks is Nick Foles was sacked zero times today. That's not good. (laughs) But then again, San Francisco's defense, you're not going to see a whole lot. And the segment is dragging way, way too long. So I do apologize for that. Ultimately, what's going to happen in this one it's just it's black and black and blue old school smash mouth football once again. Hopefully Nick Foles, who again is not a perfect quarterback. He's had seasons where he had only two interceptions. He's had a season where he had only two interceptions, but that certainly changed in twenty fourteen when he had ten, and then he's already got five this year. So that's another key. Hopefully the Vikings can get a turnover or two against Nick Foles. That that is a definite key. Obviously you try to stop the run and hope for the best. Nick Foles doesn't impress me to a point that I think he's going to torch the Vikings. I don't think so. He's probably better than Sam Bradford, though, who never, never has impressed me as the number one overall pick. Um, I'll gonna, I'm going to go with the low-scoring Minnesota Vikings win. It is a, it is a Mike Zimmer type of game, just like today ended up being. Ultimately, I'll have the Vikings winning this one in TCF Bank Stadium, 24 to 20. It's going to be very close. St. Louis will lead at some point in this game, and they may lead for an extended period of time. It'll be something like 17 to 14, 17 to 10, maybe 20 to 17, something like that. But the Vikings will end up pulling it out 24 to 20. Kind of a funky score, but what do you expect in a close game? Turnovers will uh, occur in this one, I'm sure, most likely, and you're going to see quarterback sacks, hopefully more on (laughs) Nick Foles than on us, but I'm guessing there'll be more sacks on our side. They'll be, yeah, unfortunately, I think Bridgewater's going to get sacked a good a number of times, and hopefully he can overcome it and not come and come out of the game healthy enough that he can play the next week. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about as well. But the Vikings will survive 20 to, to uh, 24 to 20 in this one. <clears throat> there it is. We'll be back for segment number three to wrap things up with fan interaction. And we 
are back here on Purple Mafia. Time for fan interaction. Segment number three. Let's jump into it as quick as possible here. The Facebook page. Well, to get there, simply look up Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings Show or Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show and boom, you're on there. Click like. Would be greatly appreciated if you did. And then interact. It's a great place to get on the show. Ultimately, indeed. (laughs) Let's just get on with it. I continue where I usually leave off, and that's where I post, oh, the newest show is out, episode, in this case, number one, or in last week's case, number 198. This case, I gotta say it, is episode number 199, so the next week, when we hopefully beat the St. Louis Rams, will be episode 200 of Purple Mafia. Gotta like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, it's wonderful to uh, imagine that I could be, uh, that it could be episode 200, and... Yeah, there's always delays. There's quiet off-seasons at times. I get super-duper busy, all that. You know, the same old story. So, there it is. Let's get on to the interaction. Justin Mayer Henry was saying, this should be a good show. Always wait till I'm at work on Monday to listen. And you know what? That's a great way to listen to Purple Mafia and Pimble's Explosion, Brave the Wild, Showtime, and Teal's other podcasts out there. For those out there that might think, I don't have time for podcasts. Yeah, you do. I mean, what's better when you're at work and maybe... Maybe it's not like your job is boring. Maybe some people your job is boring. If you're able to listen to Purple Mafia, <laughs> you know, it just makes the show better. And that's what I hope to provide to you. Uh, really, that, that's what I hope to provide to you. It makes your day better listening to Purple Mafia rather than just working. You know, or maybe just listening to music like the same songs over and over and over again. Why not listen to Purple Mafia, Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild, stuff like that. <laughs> I hope to bring that to you. Jeff Froyland says, love the show, Joey, and thank you very much, Jeff. I really appreciate that. That, 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 that means a lot to me, and thank you. Thank you very, very much. So, uh, YouTube, yeah, the Purple Press Box. So here's a, here's a shout-out to Sebastian Balls, who will be back on this show at some point, probably very soon. He's uh, a very, 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 very valuable member of Purple Mafia, you know, the Purple Mafia, not just the Facebook and Twitter, but the Purple Mafia show, like on the show, <laughs> so love to have him on again, I mean, yeah, people people like Sebastian, without a doubt, uh, the Purple Press Box on YouTube, <clears throat> he posted up, he finally was able to come back after being absent for so long, uh, being very, very, very busy, I can, I can relate to that, but also moving around a lot. Uh, he is quite the, quite the mover and shaker, is Sebastian, let's just say. He is, <laughs> he's all over the place. Um, I believe he lives in the cities again now, he's left New Ulm. He's been all over the place, the son of a gun. <laughs> but yeah, he's, uh, he's able to post his YouTube up there and uh, do check it out. I'm sure he'll have an episode three out extremely soon. Purple Press Box. I'll just look it up in the search bar on YouTube. You'll be able to find it. Just type in Purple Press Box. It should pop up and you'll be able to subscribe to his uh, his uh, YouTube account, which is, I believe, is Sebastian Balls' his YouTube account. He also gives uh, other type of advice on there as well, like uh, confidence and such. It's it's good stuff. Uh, Mark Carlson is saying, wish I could watch this show. Dang, it's going to have to wait till after my shift. Well, I'm sure you did like it, Mark, ultimately. I didn't click like. How shame on me that I know I did. Uh, Vikings versus Bears in game thoughts. Might as well dig around in there for the heck of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gerald Swing was really nervous when Walsh was going to kick it. Yep. Brett McCarthy was like, are we going to sneak it out? Boom, baby. It's good. Brent Jacobson. Justin Mayer Henry saying, that's a win, boys. Losing in Chicago is over. And at least for this year, it's fantastic. Mark Carlson saying, goodbye, Bears. Bye-bye, Cutler. And 
God, I love that. Uh, Justin Mary Henry was saying, such a great catch. Wow, saved an easy interception there. Very true on the, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, sorry, sorry about the noise there. I got to stop doing that. Uh, great play by uh, Charles Johnson, without a doubt. Without a doubt. That was fantastic. And Brent Jacobson saying, step it up defense and get us the ball back. And ultimately, they did. You got to love that. Yeah, gotta love that. Yep, um, yep, there it is. <laughs> Justin Mariner is saying, call, Diggs getting us out again. Yahoo, because, yep, can can he dig us out of it? And, yeah, he, yep, he did. Uh, good, good call, Justin Mayer Henry, the gold star winner last week. He's got two gold stars in this season already. You know what that means. It means he's in the lead for the uh, 2015 Gold Star Award. Yes, sir. <laughs> I usually don't divulge that information too much. You can kind of guess it during the course of the year. Um, Gerald String. Yep, he was very excited. Steal of the draft, without a doubt. Diggs is just unbelievable. And that's what I posted. He is just unbelievable. Charles Johnson lives. Yep, Brent Jacobson. Yep. Oh, I love it. And yep, Brent was saying, oh, Brent, Brent, Blair Walsh can silence a lot of his critics here if he hits this field goal, and yeah, he was just, Blair Walsh, fantastic, uh, really nice resurgence, and good for him, and a lot of people were saying, don't give up on him, because he was awful in his last year in college, and he came here to Minnesota, and was pretty much perfect, to be quite honest, uh, okay, post-game, Vikings versus Bears thoughts here, and luckily there's a good number of comments, and I'm very happy to see that, without a doubt. Isn't that exciting? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. I'm, right now, I'm going to check and see if there's any calls, just to make sure. Not that I see. Um, and, yeah, we'll get back to that later. Da, da, da. Justin Mayer Henry, Stefan Diggs, digs us out once more. Overall, it was a very ugly win. Yes, it was. Very ugly. Um, but that final drive had me on the edge of my seat and made for an exciting finish. I know me, along with the rest of Vikings Nation, were worried sick. Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> About the fate of this ugly game resting on the foot of Walsh. But the ball sailed through to lead us to 5-2. and two. It's a beautiful thing. And it wasn't only the Blair Walsh thing that had me worried sick. It was the way the Vikings defense was just getting just getting pummeled. I mean, they, they, and, they, uh, and how Bridgewater was throwing interceptions in the ball. Or, well, he threw one. But, I mean, it was just one incomplete pass after another. He just didn't, he just wasn't himself, and again, the Vikings defense was not looking so good at the end of the day. Didn't look like we were going to come out of this one, but Stefan digged us out. Good call, Justin. Mayor Henry. <laughs> Jeff Froyland saying, a win is a win. Defense is playing great, and our offense stepped up at the end. We're on to St. Louis. Gerald String saying, I have two Tarkenton Award candidates. Obviously, digs again. Number two to coach Zimmer. Cracking the 500 mark now for his career. He's done a great job getting this team together, put together. Also, pretty cool second week in a row with a division road win. Might not have been pretty, but these usually aren't. I'll take the win. Brett McCarthy saying, good teams find ways to win. Gotta be better when we play the pack. Mark Carlson, oh yeah, that's for damn sure. Mark Carlson saying, give the Tarkin Award to Cheryl's. He's become my favorite player over the past two seasons. Without his play, the game, game's outcome would be different. Skull. Good call there, Mark. Good good call indeed. Um, he ultimately didn't get it, and I I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, you know, he could have gotten it through. It's not, I'll give him like an honorary one, but it's like I, I can't give it out to everybody. <laughs> Uh, Diggs just was, yeah, I mean, he's just unbelievable the way things happened. 
Yeah, Cheryl's. Yeah, he'll get an honorary one. Um, Dave Hickey, I uh, missed you last week. Welcome back to the show, buddy. Out of Iowa. Mark is out of Iowa also. Uh, Dave's saying, wow, we squeaked out another close one. I'm going to give my friend award to Blair Walsh. Yep, and the Vikings defense. They just keep doing doing it, getting it done in, t- in Teddy Strong. We need to keep on winning. Skull Vikings. There you go. Good Good thoughts, Dave. Thank you very much for that. And we're going to look around here. Visitor posts. Any uh, post again? I'll. S- oh yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Brent. Yeah. So now I know what the Minnesota three Lions zero is. Well, let's just say that. Uh, yeah, the Vikings are going to hopefully sweep the Detroit Lions. No, they already. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yep. Already have swept the Lions for the year. If you can believe that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the third one was uh, Cecil the Lion. Brent, Brent, Brent. So that's what that was. And I was like, yeah, I should have known. Oh, Brent, look at you. Oh, boy. <laughs> kind of. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that, uh, I love you, Brent. You're funny. That, that, was, that, was a, that one's kind of naughty, though. Look, look at you. Oh, boy. Look at you. That one is kind of naughty. Shame on you. Into the... Uh, Sebastian saying, Good show, Joey. Thank you very much. And I didn't click like. I feel bad. I do apologize. I also get... Ah, I keep doing it. Uh, Ali saying, uh, Minnesota Vikings throwback Tuesday. Peterson rushes for 224 yards versus the Bears. And that was back in the day. Ali. Sidikai saying that right there from Pro Football Spot. Always love the posts. And yeah. Really appreciate you, Ali. Oh, always. Honest to God. I don't know what's wrong with this thing. Okay, I see what's going on. I screwed up my <laughs> whole device here. Yep, really appreciate Ali. And the articles, he, oh, where was it? Spot, Vikings, Roundtable, Wheat, Ache, Predictions. Vikings, 10, Bears, or Vikings, 30, Bears, 10. Uh-oh. Adam Patrick said that. Straight cash, homie. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know about that score, but all right. At least we won the game. <laughs> You know, the total points were three points off, so not bad. It's just the final score was kind of a, a mile off. Yeah. And I'm getting a live message from Sebastian saying I'm making my show tomorrow. So there it is, guys. Keep keep a lookout for... <laughs> yep, you got some live airtime there, Sebastian. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, <clears throat> so there you go. Keep a lookout for the Purple Press Box. While you're listening to this right now, it may be Monday, it may be Sunday, whatever it is. Keep a lookout for Sebastian Balls. There you go. Can't wait to hear it indeed. And hopefully you're enjoying this one as well. And nice to know he's able to listen again With the uh, at the time he didn't have the Wi-Fi. And also the ultimate problem was Windows didn't have a, or he didn't know that Windows did have an app for podcasting. Um, Windows phone. So yeah, those of you out there, maybe most of you know about it already, that they're out there. Just keep looking. I should have asked Sebastian what it is. Maybe I'm almost tempted to ask him live. Uh, no, I'm almost tempted to. <laughs> I am tempted to do that. And ultimately, I'd like to get to the Twitter, too, though. Ultimately, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. I'm going to attempt a voice text here. What is the Facebook... Oh, damn it, I already screwed up. See? There you go. Look what I did. Facebook. Windows application to listen to podcasts, question mark. 
<laughs> I apologize. I'm being such a geek right now, but hey, there you go. Let's 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 get it live here right now. Why why don't we? <laughs> Hopefully he responds. If not, well, we'll just have to screw around. Yep. I mean, I'll get it when I get it here. Uh, at Purple Mafia Show. Let's move around here. We start off, and it was in the perfect spot, and it moved away. That's perfect. That's great. Sebastian Balls, at Speaker Balls, at Speaker underscore Balls, saying Diggs, not the best, not the best cast since Moss, SMH, Greg Lewis, Favre, 08 Niners. Well, I hear you. Uh, that was a great play, yes. Um, I apologize. I think Sebastian hates my guts now already. Look at this guy. Always, always kicking me around, aren't you, Sebastian? No. <laughs> and he says, great show, thanks. Um, thanks for, yeah, well, I mean, you're welcome. Thank you very much for your show, and thank you for listening. And, yeah, awesome there. Tanae Brown was uh, favoriting the show, and thank you very much. He retweeted it. Thank you very much, Tanae, out of New Zealand. Really, really Wonderful guy there. Mad Martin, also out there out of Scotland. He said, okay, there we go. It's literally called Podcasts and is an orange background. So those of you out there with Windows phones, see, look at that. What's better than that? Isn't that cool? It's called Podcasts. So those of you that have a Windows phone and you might be frustrated, like, how the heck can I listen to Purple Mafia? Um, you know, because I'm sure you don't want to just sit in front of a computer. On your Windows phone, look up Podcasts. And on, on uh, Android phones, there's Double Twist and there's several others. There might even be podcasts on Android. There's a lot. Double Twist is the one I know the most. And I've been giving them free plugs forever. They ought to, like, help me out a little bit. I, I don't know. But you get the idea. So thank you for that, Sebastian. I'm, I, I'm guessing you're listening right now. Uh, let's see. Yep, Mad Martin. Dave Martin saying, I really hate when we go to the Windy City. Not much in the passing game yet. Teddy plays better in a dome. Yeah, Teddy's always struggled. Uh, well, Teddy, Minnesota Viking quarterbacks have always struggled in the Witty City, Chicago. And this show's actually over an hour already. Well, but well, it happens. <laughs> kind of a crazy day. That first segment was freaking long, and the second one was was really long. Yep, and Mad Martin getting the same frustration. I had Rhodes had no clue where the ball is because he's playing the man. Yeah, yep, too too much man to man. Not not trying to ball hawk or knock the ball away. Ah, uh, it's a bummer. Yep, just kind of only facing the man. Yep, I, I hear you there. Um, yep, and he's saying, oh, there should have been some daylight in this game. But the but the O cannot put it away. Yep, including that deep pass to Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, um, uh, Mike, Mike Wallace. Yep, it was really, really frustrating. Let's see if we can move around a little bit here. <clears throat> Man Martin saying, looking like yet another lost opportunity, lost opportunity, and this is one team I hate losing to. Yep, that's what it was looking like in that fourth quarter, man, until the Vikings finally woke up, Bridgewater and Diggs, until Diggs dug us out. <laughs> James Wright, thank you for the po- thank you for the response here. Yep, he was following me. I wasn't following him back. I quickly followed him back. He was saying, when he's off, he's off, because I was saying, getting tired of balls, just going wherever. I love Bridgewater, but he's getting on my nerves today. And I never really get mad at Bridgewater, never. Today I did a little bit. It was frustrating. Um, yep, and then Mad, Mad Martin was saying, Faith, brother, a TD coming here. And yes, it was. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can we dig it? Yep. Uh, Dallas Deitzenbach usually gets at least a 1-1 one, one or so post in here. She says, I'm going crazy, no lie. And yeah, that was a wonderful, wonderful win, ultimately. Um Ultimately, and they were, she was going crazy at the frustration. Tanae Brown was saying, geez, I'm just, 
I'm so happy we got that win. Great play by Johnson to set us up, and that run by Diggs. Unreal. Yep. Mad Martin saying, wow, John, wow, Johnson, we are going to dagger the Bears at home, and that was a great play, without a doubt. Dave saying, yes, yes, we win. It's been a long wait since 2007. Sweet. I felt a win in Chicago, and can we make the playoffs? Dagger those Bears, indeed. And wrapping up the Twitter saying, ugly win, but I will take it. As they say, playoff teams find a way to win. Mm, do you think we can make it? I do. I do think we can make it. We're 5-2, and two, man. 5-2. and two. That's a great record. That's a very good record. And we're on pace for, uh, what would we be on pace for? Something approximately 11 or 12 wins right now. That's great. That would be fantastic. And I mean, if you double it up, it's 10-4. and four, So we'd already have 10 wins with uh, two more games to play. So it could be 11, could be 12, could be 10. So 10, 10 is a good chance of making the playoffs. 11, I've seen only one team miss it, and that was the New England Patriots after following up a 16-0 season. Still don't know what happened, how they missed that one. It was just unbelievable that they actually missed the playoffs that year. Kind of like the Western Conference in the NBA. You're like, 50 wins, and we missed the playoffs. What the hell is that? <laughs> so let's wrap things up with the weekly awards for the listeners out there. It's not just the players in the friend Tarkin. we got gold stars, silvers, and bronzes to pass out. Yes. Bronze star for this week is going to go uh, to... Oh, it's so hard. It's going to go to Dave Martin. Fantastic post always. He could be a gold star candidate every week, man. And and so could a lot of other people. Bronze star is going to go to Dave. Silver star to... Well, <laughs> Justin Mayer Henry's having a hell of a year, isn't he? <laughs> he's going to get the silver star. And Gerald String coming back into the mix. And he's going to get a gold star with just some fantastic posts. And you know what? All of you guys are really awesome. And going to give a shout out to a couple guys that I missed lately. Uh, Malcolm, where have you been, buddy? I, I'm, I'm guessing he's been listening, just hasn't been posting, and I, I love when he posts. Chris Tucker, Toronto, Ontario. Great season for the Toronto Blue Jays. Hopefully they get to the World Series next year. We'll see. Chris Tucker, I'm sure he still listens. I haven't heard from him in a long time. I hope I didn't scare him away with some of my uh, yeah, <laughs> some, of, some of my political beliefs that he may, may, he may not agree with. <laughs> I've heard about that before. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just not everybody's going to agree on politics, that's for sure, especially be me with a lot of Minnesotans here. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just, it is what it is, you know? I mean, what are you going to do about it? So, uh, Gerald String, Gold Star, Bronze Star, or yeah, Silver Star to May- Justin Mayor Henry, and a Bronze Star to Dave Martin. Dave Martin, yep. Thank you again, all of you, so much. Um... And also, I'm going to give my bronze star to Ali, to Ali as well. Ali absolutely has deserved a star for a long time with all his articles. He could even get a gold star. I mean, he's been, yeah, he's, he's always been posting on there. He's been keeping this page alive. People check out the articles and they appreciate it. It's 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 nice. And he, he does the same for uh, Sebastian over Purple Press Box. Just a really loyal listener, loyal to the page. He, at minimum, is getting a bronze star. And, uh... Fantastic. Thank you very much, Ali, for your continued support of this show and the Facebook page. Really do appreciate it uh, very much. Uh, apologize, this show is maybe seven, eight minutes longer than normal. It just is what it is. You know, I mean, I, I kind of drug it out a little bit in the first segment and second segment. Apologize if it's too much rambling. Please don't give me a one-star rating. Just be be nice. The rest of the content is just fine. I mean, the overall content is fine. It just maybe drug on a little too far. 
And I'm going to try not to do that here in segment three. It's going to be warm the next couple of days. It's going to be a nice little warm week. Unfortunately, I'm going to be doing fall cleanups pretty soon here. I'm going to be doing like pre-cleanups basically this week. Yay. <laughs> basically, uh, we haven't really done that before. But that's I, I guess what we're doing this week. So November is going to be tough. I may or may not miss a week. I'm going to try not to. Luckily, I'm able to record on Sundays. So as long as I'm able to keep going and not have to do lawns on Sundays, I should be able to get this done. Watch the game and record on Sundays. And most likely we'll be celebrating episode number 200 next week, hopefully after a win versus the St. Louis Rams, which would have us on course for a 12-4 and season. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it indeed? God willing, a 12-4 and season after that. So thank you everyone for listening. Please do tell a friend or two or, or 40. <laughs> I'm just kidding. A friend or two uh, about the Purple Mafia show. Give me a positive rating on iTunes. It's greatly appreciated. only helps the show. Makes it more attractive to potential listeners out there that are looking for a Minnesota Vikings podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. I'll be happy to give you a shout out. And you'll be guaranteed a star of some sorts. If indeed you do post a nice positive rating about Purple Mafia on there. If you want to leave something negative, don't bother. It's just a waste, and you're just you're just messing around for no real reason. This is not a one-star show. It's not a two-star show. Three, I can live with. It's kind of, mm, eh, you know, come on. Come on, four or five. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> one or two, mm, come on, man. Too harsh. Thank you again for listening, everybody, and we'll be back next week.